0: bienvenue welcome to the united nations of horror i'm your host mark and joined hosting today is lucard hi lucard hey how are you mark not bad i'm very well thank you and we got a special co-host in this one returning to united nations of horror very happy to have him on board is anthony ritolo hi anthony Hey Mark, hey Lucard, how you guys doing? Pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on because, you know, the, the TV terror segments that we used to have in the early episodes, which are now its own podcast and a fantastic one too, I have to say, um, Absolutely. but it's really nice to have you on. Um, it's it, nice to have the band back. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, like
1: a, a Led Zeppelin reunion uh, minus the stadium of 10,000 adoring uh, fans, but yeah. we have
0: some adoring fans, right? Yeah, we got a, a <laughs> we few, do, a do. few uh we also uh need to mention becky becky is life's co- kind of caught up uh she is away for this one but she will be back she will be back no, don't worry about that but she she asked anthony if he could step into this one and he kindly accepted so we're very happy to have him here
2: yes right. special
1: thanks to becky i wanted to thank Rebecca, or Becky, as she's affectionately known. It's been a while, so this was exciting to be asked on.
0: So yeah, gonna have fun. Now I have to mention this is a list of mania for Stephen King best and worst movies. Now Anthony and I do actually do uh, a Kingology podcast where we talk about Stephen King. Uh, Anthony is my most frequent and reliable co-host on that show. I do have other co-hosts, but Anthony is is my go-to guy. When it comes to Stephen King, and he's very happy to sort of sort of <laughs> take take my lead, and we're going through them very slowly but surely, chronologically, aren't we, Anthony? So we've yeah, got a absolutely. lot of King yeah. background between us as well. So so there is uh, there is that as well. So yeah. actually, tell us, and uh, before we get going, tell us, Anthony, how things are going with TV Terror.
1: Good, you know, TV Terror continues to be a joy. You know, it was a special project. It began. Let's, let's all stroll down memory lane very quick. I won't be long about this, but, you know, all of us have our DNA in the Horror Etc. podcast. I, I think it's safe to say that's how we all met, yeah, absolutely. right? Definitely. Uh, it's, it's what inspired a lot of us to do this thing, this crazy podcasting thing. Uh, back in the day when that thing was really healthy and vital, it, not, it's still around. It's still vital. But I'm saying when we had, uh, you know, Ted and Tony still dropping shows – um I was starting to write posts about these television movies because I felt they were undersung and we were talking a lot about the same things over and over again so I started to explore these uh lesser known avenues and fast forward, it turned into a segment for United Nations of Horror, and then I just turned it into a dedicated podcast and put some energy behind it. So it's I'm in my third year and in my, what is this, my third season or fourth season? Anyway, I'm up to uh, episode 91. And And that is hard to
2: believe. Yeah,
1: isn't it? And uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's a combination of solo. You know, it's often a solo gig. Just me. I try to uh, yank myself off stage uh, before you want to. So I keep them around 20 to 30 minutes. And then sometimes I have special guests. And I just uh, if you'll indulge me one more minute, we have a book club episode coming up. I'm late getting it out, but it's coming and it's going to be one of the bigger shows. So look for that soon. That's where we tie in people's favorite reads, whether books, comic books, whatever, to their favorite TV terror category television shows. So, yeah,
0: I am looking forward to that one. I sent in a little segment, didn't I, about Rod Serling, actually. But You uh, did.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. and Thanks yeah. for your
0: forbearance with me right now. Uh, that's okay. I just want to mention on TV Terror, not only do you go through, uh, shows and movies, um, you also do some rather wonderful interviews, uh, and they're really interesting. Uh, I really like those segments. I'm not, I I always find it quite uncomfortable interviewing, uh, people about books and so on because i'm always nervous what happens if i don't like the book uh, luckily the few interviews i've done i've always really liked the material so that makes it easy but i'm always nervous but you it was they're really really interesting so that's a definite recommend to uh tell us the website just in case someone can't find it on itunes or whatever
1: thank you mark i have a website it's tv dot com tv terror show Uh, If you're looking for me out on iTunes, just look for TV Terror. It'll come up. If you want to put TV Terror, Rotolo, just to be safe, that's my last name, R-O-T-O-L-O, you'll find it. Um, How else can you get me? We have a really nice Facebook group. We have a couple of thousand people in a group, and it seems to always be – pretty active with folks talking about these things that's on facebook just look for tv terror um on facebook and you'll you'll find us you'll see a, a picture a 50s image of a man and a lady watching a television with a giant eyeball staring back
0: and uh, that's that's me <laughs> i'm just going to tell you the link just there for the hell of it facebook.com backslash groups backslash tv terror as one word there you go go join i'm a member as well so you know yeah i'm as well that's a high high water up there yeah <laughs> yeah okay i'll tell you what let's get the show on the road now let's <laughs> have a little break and then we'll jump into our we always start with a negative so we can sort of end with the positive so we're gonna have a little break and get into our worst three stephen king adaptations <laughs>
3: It's back. It's more frightening than before. Stephen King's epic, The Stand. Experience the terror of 350 pages you weren't allowed to see before. This $24.95 hardcover is yours for just $7.95 when you enter the chilling world of the Stephen King Library. Imagine, an exclusive collection of horror. Pet Cemetery, The Shining, Christine, the Chart Toppers, the books that became blockbuster movies. All in original hardcovers at just $14.95 each, all with a cancel anytime guarantee. But if you want the terror to last, we'll send you a new volume including King's new releases about every seven weeks. Enjoy each for ten days. There's never an obligation to buy. Possess the stand with no risk. The Stephen King Library, where the master is coming back to haunt you. Call 1-800-421-7600 now to get the stand. Keep it and pay seven ninety five dollars 95 plus shipping and handling. Future volumes will come, one every seven weeks, each with a 10-day free trial. Keep only the ones you want. Cancel any time.
0: Okay, so what we're doing here is TV and movie stuff. We we kind of was thinking about just doing movies, but, man, there's so many TV things that we could include. We thought, eh, let's just include them all, right? Let's do them all. So we're going to be starting off with our worst three. So firstly, I'm going to come to you, Licard. What is your number three worst Stephen King movie or TV adaptation?
2: All right, got to tell you, Mark, I found actually picking the worst three to be quite difficult because I actually really enjoy a lot of these Stephen King adaptations. So without further ado, my number three would have to be a film that I, I actually kind of like. Uh, and that is Cujo.
0: Cujo. Right. Okay. It's not a bad film.
2: It's not. It's, a bad not. It, it's really not. I mean, I, I don't think it maybe holds up as well as it did when it was first released. And I still feel like it's, it's a fun kind of film, but there's a lot of cheese in it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. What it's, did you guys think of this one?
0: I personally quite liked it. However, it's really, really, really difficult to make a St. Bernard scary. Or is it St.? Do you pronounce it St. Bernard?
2: Yeah, ones. we pronounce it. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it my way. Right? <laughs> I, like, I like the British way better.
0: <laughs> it's really, really hard because they're lovely dogs, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not like a pit bull or a rottweiler or something like that where you can make them easily scary. But yeah. uh, it's, it's hard. It just looked like a really badly kept Saint Bernard, right?
2: Yeah, that's how I felt about it. It looked like he had just been outdoors a long time and hadn't been well cared for, you know, maybe he had some mange going on or something. But yeah, I just I couldn't He's find cheesy. It all very scary. He's yeah. Cheesy. And it's overacted, you know. But yeah.
0: Anthony, what's your number
1: three? My number three, I'm gonna say Cell. The movie Cell, Cell with John Cusack.
0: I've not seen it. Tell us us why it's bad. All
1: right. So here's the thing. It's not really terrible, but it feels on a par with any episode of a good zombie TV show, which have, you know, they have cinematic standards practically anyway. The problem is it's kind of seen it all before and uh, didn't quite like the ending. Uh, I found it engaging enough, it's just so middling, if I'm going to be really objective about it, that uh, I think it instantly becomes forgettable, something that's going to be lost in the tide of far superior zombie films. So a pulse goes out to everyone's cell phone, and everyone starts acting crazy. They're basically turning into mindless zombies, and it sets John Cusack on a journey. He hooks up with samuel l jackson and they're trying to find his kid and you know as a human drama it's got all the elements that have potential but it really again it's just kind of forgettable in the in the end i don't i don't think people are going to be talking about this 30 years from now
0: yeah i've just never got to that because i haven't read the book i always we i've kind of try and read the book before i uh before I see the film and Cell is one of his later ones. And because I'm doing Kingology, I kind of pacing myself around, you know, King chronologically. So until I get to Cell, I probably won't see the film. Cell.
1: I read the book, the, the book suffers from the same thing. It, you know, at the time it was people so wanted a return to form King, just doing straight up horror. Uh, and this was kind of offering that promising that, but, It really, uh, it's, again, not a memorable novel, in my opinion, and it's something I I wanted to like more than I did.
0: Mm. Uh, Yeah. Um, Okay, my number three is from, is the TV miniseries. It's from 2004, and it's Salem's Lot. It's the second version of Salem's Lot uh, on on, in, as a TV mini series, I really didn't like this. Uh, the reason why is it there was a spate of TV uh, in the early sort of two thousands where everything had to be dark and dreary and horrible. Um, I think Battlestar Galactica was was like the forerunner for this, but that did it well. It worked for Battlestar Galactica. But what happened was almost every mini series that came out at this time had that same vibe, grey washed out look. Uh, and, and Salem's lot really suffered, and it, it was like a depressing, um, miserable kind of experience. It was uh, Rob Low. Uh, who's, you know got some chops in in King sort of TV um, But it just didn't work for me at all It it just felt like a real drain and energy sap just to watch it So I was really not a fan of it. Have you either of you guys seen it?
1: I haven't seen the new one I've seen it overall. I agree with you. I think it fails It seems like they were trying to take a more novel like approach to telling the story so we get more scenes in there from the novel but they also tweak things unnecessarily with certain characters and it, it in the end the effect feels very disjointed if it, it, it just feels like it doesn't cohere together
0: yeah it's yeah. uh i mean the one positive about the whole thing i remember i quite like donald sutherland in it I thought he he was, he's always pretty good, though. You know, he's always very watchable. So uh, there was that. so
1: Certainly, yeah. And, you know, I I like Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe's done a lot of Stephen King stuff. He was in The Stand and some other, I think, maybe something else as well. So I was rooting for it, but uh, in the end, not great
0: yeah like i say i think it was a product of its time the the doubt the things that were wrong with it was to do with how how tv was being presented at that time
1: and i'll admit subjectively i'm tremendously biased toward the original television adaptation of that novel
0: yeah uh, me me too Uh, but i think even objectively without that it wasn't a very good sort of uh uh, transfer maybe it would have You know, if it had been the only one, it would have been held slightly higher, but it really suffers in comparison, so there is that. Okay, let's get to
2: number twos. Lukar, what's your number two? All right, number two for me would have to be Children of the Corn. Okay, interesting. I I... quite like this, (laughs) but go on. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's, again, another case of where I don't absolutely hate it, but I don't know. It just uh, I found the pacing to be the biggest problem of this, and... You know, I don't think the acting held up incredibly well either. I watched this one on Netflix a while back and I was really excited when it came on there. I was like, okay, I have not seen this before. For me, it just didn't hold up. So, Mark, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And Anthony, of course, yours as well. Uh, Because I have not read the novel. Let me just say that. So, Uh, I'm just going on the film. Anthony, what's your thoughts on it? I saw it in theater. I'm dating
1: myself. Wow. Uh, Read the short story. This was shortly after the earth cooled, as I like to say. But yeah it was never a great film i have a little nostalgia for it given the people involved with it like linda hamilton yeah so it's something like i want to go back and watch i was just watching linda hamilton in the terminator the original the other night and she's so young and cute there and right around that time she did children of the corn maybe a, a year later or the same year something like that and um so I have a like a little bit of personal nostalgia for it, but uh I don't think it I never thought it was a stellar film and so it baffled me that it would have spawned all the sequels that it did.
0: I was gonna come to that. It's got about I think off the top of my head there's four sequels, something like that. It, it, it kept going and going. Apparently each one's pretty bad you know, worse and worse. Um yeah I have to say I've got a bit of a soft soft spot for it because I kinda like it fits into the folk horror sort of vein which is quite prevalent in sort of british horror cinema uh, and it feels like an American sort of take on it, which I quite like it reminds me of other American films that are similar which are TV, a TV movie for example called black noon um Uh, It kind of reminds me of that, and I kind of quite like it. But I agree about the acting, but I've kind of got a soft spot for it. I I like that sort of eerie Midwest kind of thing that's that's going on in it. So, yeah, there is Yeah,
2: Yeah, again, I I don't hate this one either. I I would even say, yeah, you know, if you can watch it on Netflix or Amazon, do so. But I don't know that I would. You know, go out of my way to get like a Blu-ray or a DVD or something like that.
0: I think I'd happily watch it, but I don't think I'd watch the sequels.
2: Uh, Oh yeah, stay away from those; (laughs) 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 they they just get worse and worse.
0: (laughs) Okay, Anthony, what's
1: your second? My second worst. This could have been a number of things, but I'm going to say Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher, right? Yeah, Dreamcatcher was based on a novel that I also couldn't fully get behind. It. It's a Case of King, kind of overriding. This is this is a situation where the novel begins to sag in the middle, mm-hmm. and and then we get a an adaptation that is just I just is is lesser than the sum of all its parts. It had so much promise. I think it had. Uh, who was the screenwriter? Was it William Goldman on this thing or or
0: I'm going to look it
1: out. Someone of of excellent caliber, I should have come more prepared with uh, I think with that it for, was, for, for, for I think it
0: was, but I'm just, I am just want to check. And,
1: that. you know, you've got Morgan Freeman, you've got some excellent actors in there as the uh, the band of friends. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a it's another thing where King, you know, the brilliance of King with the way he writes organically is sometimes there's this random assortment of elements that all get thrown into the pot, and he, he makes this... Uh, stew of elements and somehow they all coalesce and it comes out great um this one it didn't work so well uh a lot, lot me- of promise a lot of iconic imagery in there it just somehow does not gel for me ne- neither in the book and and neither in the movie i think um th-
0: this is another one that that history won't be too kind to uh, I have to agree with you about the book uh, I, it's one of the few King books I didn't finish I started but didn't finish because there was a certain point where it's like this really really isn't working for me so I just stopped reading but looking at the uh, people involved in the creative process of the film it's quite impressive actually as you say William Goldman screenwriter that's something directed by lawrence kasdan he co-wrote empire strikes back and co-wrote things like *Raiders of the lost ark so you know he's got some pedigree that guy and i always like thomas jane and everything um and you know he's got some other solid actors but it just doesn't seem to uh, for some reason i thought john cusack was in it but it, it doesn't appear in the cast list so uh, i got that wrong uh but yeah it's one of those books and stories that he's got a mishmash of stuff and It doesn't quite come together in the writing style for me. Uh, I can't comment on the film because I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Lucard?
2: No, I have heard of this one, and actually, um, just while investigating all these King films that I wanted to watch, it was one that I decided to pass on, but I I have seen the trailer for it and impressions, and it just, even from those, it it didn't look like it would be too interesting to me.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, Okay, let's go to my uh, second worst king movie uh this one is barely a king movie uh in name only but it's still got the name stephen king associated with it and that is 1992's the lawnmower man oh (laughs) oh i went to see this at the cinema and it was quite the thing and i have watched it again recently and while i've got it on my worst list i find it quite entertaining in in a very bizarre way um there's there's something about it. Uh, yeah. Piers Brosnan's mad scientist. There's Jeff Fahey, who really looks like one of the characters in Dumb and Dumber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh and it's kind of a, a an adaptation of Flowers for Algernon, you know, uh, uh someone who is not well um knowledgeable or, you know, may have problems. With their mental development, somehow becoming more intelligent, it's got that premise. But it really runs with it, and it throws in, you know, internet, the internet, and virtual reality, and all this, and it yeah. has absolutely nothing to do with the written story. Not a thing, nothing. Um uh, But it's, I find it thoroughly entertaining, and it's just, it's just, you know, there's a priest whips him. Uh, and it's like, what's that got to do with anything? And there's a chip running around with a gun at one point. And uh, uh, man, it's it's weird. It's a weird film. I really find it quite entertaining though. Know? And I could talk probably a good half an hour to forty minutes about this movie uh, if we were doing this movie, but we're not. So yeah, that's me. Have either of you seen it?
1: I have not seen it. I've kind of stayed away from it. It just never, never passed the smell test. I'd see it in video stores for years and years and years, but there's always something else to rent.
2: Yeah, it's Uh, the same for me as well. You know, it's like, I mean, I can even remember it being a big deal when it came out in the theater when I was a kid. And uh, I remember actually my father renting it. And I also remember him saying, it's not good, but it was really weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. It is very, very weird. It's
0: um, it's got that interesting look at you know because it's CG, but early, yeah. early, early CG. It's got this interesting look at CG done in the early days. I find Tron interested in the same way, but Tron does it a much more because it's a very stylized version of CG. It kind of still works, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, very I stylized. Kind of still like Tron, uh, but the cg in this is rough but it's like okay fine but it's not you know trying to do cg reality it's cg in cyberspace so it's like its own thing um the story's nuts uh it's pierce brosnan before he became james bond as well uh if i remember rightly so it's kind of got that interesting vibe uh it's a very entertaining film but it's not a good film No way, not at all. Okay, that brings us to our worst Stephen King adaptations. So, Lucard, what's your worst Stephen King adaptation?
2: All right, so I I still kind of like this one, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Creepshow, just because, I mean, the acting... I love the fact that it has Stephen King in it, you know, Mm. but... I think it is. It's really, really bad. Uh, I mean, the acting's bad. The effects are bad. Um, I don't know if it was the direction or not, but this just did not work for me. Like even when I first saw it and and on rewatch, it didn't work any better either. This is just in my opinion. Really?
0: That's interesting because I actually I really like this film. Um, really? I kind okay. of understand what you mean by some of the acting. Well, the Stephen King part, certainly the acting, but it's kind of goofy and fun. Uh, but I really like yeah. some of the stories. Uh, George, just so you know, George Romero directed this. You know, the guy that did Night of the Living Dead? And yeah, he's the <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a little bit known. Yeah, he's well-known. And I, I think they were deliberately going for a comic book vibe, hence some of the lighting effects and some of the framing devices. So that's kind of all deliberate. But I have to say, I, I kind of like like this um,
4: yeah could- i
1: absolutely adore creep it's, <laughs> it's actually it's in my top 10 films of all time i think it's oh, wow of, yeah it's one of the best crafted films by george romero uh one of the most professional films by george romero and even stephen king his his acting is really over the top but i think he it's uh pitch perfect for that segment
2: and you think yes. they intentionally kind of were going for that and maybe it just i don't know yeah, like, I I knew they weren't trying to be serious, obviously, but you know, I, I was like, is this him just like overacting, or I I don't know, it, yeah. it didn't work for me. It's
0: essentially EC Comics brought to film, and EC Comics are extremely melodramatic. If you if you've read, oh, it. they're a lot of fun, um, yeah. but yeah, I, they were kind of going for that. And I have to say, Creepshow, I like uh, horror anthology movies, and actually, I think Creepshow is my favorite one. Oh, that's how much I like it. Whoa. There's, there's contention here. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, that
1: makes it interesting, you know. We can't it, always agree on everything. And yeah. there's, been, there's been many times just to make you feel better if you're uh outvoted on on the merits of this film at the moment where I didn't see much in it and it took a long time and rewatches for me to sort of adopt it into my uh, you know, film personal you know good film uh you know personal opinion of what i like i mean films like like i for years i hated francis ford coppola's dracula now i like it oh, a lot wow. Wow. you know things like that yeah. it's just uh, over time it may be, maybe maybe you, you weren't having a good day it didn't work for you that day you see it with new eyes some other time so, yeah. so i i totally relate to that
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah, I I have
0: to say, I saw this at the cinema and back there, so I was 17 when I saw this. And again, I, I quite liked it, but I thought it was kind of a bit amateurishly put together. However, with rewatches, I don't see it that way. I see it as put together to try and imitate a certain soul and succeed at it very well in a way that perhaps the sequels don't quite work so well. But this one works for me. So that's that's pretty interesting, but it's not your, your cup of tea at all. It, it, it like.
2: wasn't my cup of tea, which, you know, it, it's kind of odd because I do like those kind of old school comic books, you know, like the the uh, the EC Comics, you know, and of course, um, uh, just like the, the Tomb of Dracula, for example, one of my favorite comic books. The great also, comic book, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, then going back to the old Universal films, you know, like sort of that same style, I guess, but I don't know for whatever reason in this kind of setting, uh, just, it didn't work for me that well. And I, I don't know why. <laughs> that's interesting because I, th- I could be wrong,
0: but in the past, if we talked to you and I talked about tales from the dark side and you like that, right?
2: I do like tales from the dark side, this, yeah.
0: which is very similar, uh, to me to creep show in many respects.
1: Yes. Uh, I think Tom Savini called tales from the dark side, the uh, the real creep show three
0: ah that's interesting interesting yeah yeah because the
1: same the same talent pool was behind it and and but they re- flew it under that flag.
2: I, I think maybe the the other thing, the other reason I should say that I I'm not kind of finding it maybe on the same level as as you guys is you know it is a full length feature and typically for whatever reason when it's a theatrical kind of thing. I think okay, it should kind of have a, a I guess, a bigger budget. And I just felt like um, it was just kind of um, cheaply put together, you know.
0: Yeah, I could kind of say that, but I, I think. a look at have you? I, I don't want to sort of suggest that you're wrong, but I, I consider giving it another watch, just see what you think. Yeah,
2: and, and I think I will. You know, I may let some time pass. But I'm always up for rewatches of things. You know,
0: things about a year ago, I watched it again, uh, yeah. and I immediately bought it on Blu-ray after that watch. It was like, I, I need to keep this film, uh, you know, and have it at my fingertips when I want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: well, there you go. Hey, I mean, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, and I'm yeah. sure I'll be wrong again. So,
0: <laughs> uh, Okay, and Anthony, your worst Stephen King adaptation. Okay, the worst,
1: smelliest, most repugnant <laughs> uh, repellent film that I could bring you is a, a a little masterpiece called desperation. Have you guys seen this one? I didn't even know that that
0: existed. Uh, I've okay. never seen it. No, you know,
1: on on the face of it, you know, it's got Tom Skerritt and it's got Ron Perlman. You think you're in for something good, and it's kind of intriguing. Ron Perlman has this performance that's interesting for about five minutes, and then it just turns into uh, just complete garbage. I, it, I thought it was like hands down the the most unpleasant Stephen King film uh, that's been made.
0: I, i've read the book but a really long time ago but i wasn't even aware there was a film of it how about that yeah, I, I didn't like the book either i think this was made for like one of the cable stations
1: um yeah i didn't care for it at all just uh to me uh, part of it is the acting i think the screenplay is pretty poor it might have been a stephen king penned teleplay uh just doesn't work and um you know I'm, i don't like to be real critical with these things um but yeah this this one uh yeah trust me uh you can make it uh at the bottom of your priority list
0: right well i didn't know it existed you're quite right it was penned by stephen king uh mick garris uh, directed it, and he's usually okay. Mick Garris, I quite like Mick Garris's work when he works with King. But yeah, okay. Uh, the story is deeply unpleasant, if I remember rightly. Though it's like just being trapped by some guy who's not quite right, right? But yes, there's a bit more yes. to it than that. But essentially, it's like people in a terrible situation and how they respond. If I remember, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's get to my number one. My number one, uh, I'll put it on because I've seen it and I can barely remember it. It's just so unmemorable. This is, so <laughs> I don't know about bad. It's just, uh, can't really remember it. This is the uh, second version of this King story that's been mentioned. It's the film's from 1997. And it's called Trucks. Uh, it was the story, the story, the original story is called Trucks, and it formed the basis for Maximum Overdrive. Uh, I was going
2: to ask about that. I was going to say, I wonder if that's like Maximum Overdrive.
0: It's, uh, but this was like a more serious version. And if there's one thing you shouldn't do is try and make a more serious version of Maximum Overdrive, frankly. It just doesn't. Well. Yeah. I'm, I'm not suggesting they were doing that. They, they were trying to do a straight version of the story. But it's, it was not very well acted at all. Uh, I don't think it was very well directed. I could barely remember anything of it, uh, and I can remember plenty of about maximum overdrive, but I cannot remember anything about trucks, and I found it a bit dreary, and I, for the life of me, cannot remember a single thing about it. So uh, for that reason, I'm putting it as my number
2: one.
0: Uh, any, have you seen it?
2: I have not. I mean, uh, I have not even heard of this. But when you said trucks, I thought, ah, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> so this is something different altogether. Yeah.
1: It's been on my radar for years. I haven't gotten to it yet. And, you know, I have not heard good things about it. So why watch that when I have Maximum Overdrive, which Drives, is a indeed. wonderful guilty
0: pleasure? Indeed. There you go. Uh, talking of guilty pleasures, it's time for our dishonorable mentions. Uh, Luke Carr, did you have any other movies on your worst the radar any bubbling under your top your bottom three
2: you know i really didn't there i mean even the ones i mentioned i i didn't absolutely hate so okay, i, I think uh you know maybe at some point if i want to watch bad films i'll check out the three that uh you guys have mentioned <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah uh oh uh, anthony did you have any others bubbling
1: under yeah the other dishonorables really are just pretty much anything Children of the Corn, you know, sequel in the sequels. way of sequels. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that's they're pretty, pretty weak things. And uh, I, again, I just cannot understand the appeal that there were so many spawned by that original film.
0: Yeah, um, I've only got a few um and actually i've got four but three of them are kind of like anyway uh the one i don't like uh that i'm going to mention first is the mini series of the shining i, I could kind of you know it was one king really wanted to do because he felt it was the book was misrepresented by kubrick's version uh and he kind of made it but it just didn't it didn't have any tension to it uh, and there were some interesting elements to it but overall i did i th- it was a bit of a bust uh didn't feel its time very well uh, i think it was a three hour you know over two not two two parts uh, but it didn't really work for me uh, there was some pretty bad cgi which just uh, that's the way it is in 1997 right it's just yeah. bad cgi uh, yeah but- they,
1: they make a lot of mistakes with uh, the over-reliance on cgi at the time i know it's kind of heretical but i have a soft spot for this one there's a lot of things that don't work Uh, A lot of people can't stand uh, the casting in it. They they can't see um, the what's uh, Steve Weber as Jack Torrance. They find the kid annoying. Um, If you can get past that, though, you'll also be treated to bad CGI that should have been left out. And (laughs) you know, so I'm well aware of the faults of it. It's also pretty sappy and sentimental. Um, Stephen King is trying to right the wrongs that he thought Kubrick made by making Jack Torrance pretty much insane from the get-go. He wanted to create more of an arc and all of that. So that said, if you you can watch this and pretend for a moment that The Shining by Kubrick never existed, which is a hard thing to do, um, I enjoyed it. I have watched it more than once, and uh, notwithstanding its faults, it's something that I... Enjoy if I'm in the right mood. So uh, yeah. I think everyone's going to immediately think lesser of me for saying this. So I'm going out on a limb, but uh that those are my thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to. I, I did actually quite like the casting of, of of Jack Torrance and and Wendy. Actually, I thought that were quite was quite good. The kid is, I don't mind the kid, but he's disconcertingly to me looks quite a lot like Shelley Duvall, which is really weird if you think about the sort of, the you know, the completely different film. Um, so I kind of agree with you, uh, but I just think the, the, the writing uh, and the script was just... And the, and, the, and the direction could have been a little more tense, you know, had a little more tension. It's a difficult one, because when you compare it to The Shining, um, there's quite a lot of dread throughout that film all the time, whereas this was much lighter... Uh, and it suffers in comparison from that kind of from a pure sort of horror sort of vibe
1: yeah and Uh, all that said hands down if you want to just say what is the more successful as measured by scary atmospheric you know as a film adaptation if we're going to make something for film based on that source material Kubrick's is far superior so it's not like I'm uh have lost my mind here but uh, yeah. I do understand what King was trying to do. It's just that King, you know how King doesn't have the editorial reins put on him. He's, he's got a way too much creative license, and it's to his own hurt, like the same way you know it's happened with George Lucas or other people that uh, need to be, need the shaping constraints of other people.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you about what you said. I'd never like the fact that Jack Nicholson appears to be slightly insane right at the beginning of the film because it suggests all the things going on from him rather than from the overlook which i don't think is right but having said that the shine it is a pretty damn good film you know yeah the other three i wanted to mention were maximum overdrive uh, which we've kind of talked about that is a fun film very memorable there's some really goofy stuff stephen king directed it right and yeah. if i remember rightly this was the first film until iron man sorry the only film until iron man to have acdc on the soundtrack if i remember rightly, that's right
1: yeah who um, made who
0: yeah. It's 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 you know Max and they've got the Green Goblin in front of the truck, and it's just a goofy wonderful silly film. The other yeah. one, the other one I wanted to mention was The Mangler which was based on a short story I think from Night Shift.
2: With, this almost I, made my list, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, this uh Robert England as a evil old guy that was running yeah. the thing but it's a fun film it was a ridiculous it premise but it's a fun. a the other one I want, last one i wanted to mention is fairly recent one which is the new version of the dark tower uh, now i know a lot of people that like the dark tower really don't like this but i kind of liked elements of it idris elba was pretty good as roland and he gave that speech you know he has done this has forgotten the face of his father that's a good speech uh and it works quite well in the film and Ma- matthew mcconaughey is kind of interesting as as the bad guy uh but you know it was kind of a i think it was only a 90 minute film considering it's called the dark tower it's kind of a shock uh but i still kind of like it i don't mind it at all <laughs> have any of you seen I have, it
1: I, yeah no i have not seen it but i listened to your good bad odd episode i think you were doing that with sam
0: yeah i was doing it with sam we did my i, I can't remember what sam thought of it but i didn't mind it i thought it was okay yeah um, uh, you know
1: what it, I've kinda, i kind I'm of i i'm an outsider to the whole dark tower thing i haven't read the books yet so i, I just kind of feel like i'm not
0: ready to watch the films uh, yeah, yeah but- i mean for kingology i have herman comes on because uh, he's a big fan of the dark tower and i am too yes. um and uh I, I can't remember what he i think he didn't mind it too much either actually i think it's like one of those things you've got to just accept okay it's because the dark tower that it it sort of plays with the nature of time and dimensions and stuff so it's like okay it's the same story in a different dimension that's it that's fine we'll just treat it like that uh and it's fine um so that's kind of one way to look at it if you're relaxed about those sort of things right Um, okay i'll tell you what let's have a little break here and then we'll get on to our top five
4: I'm not all that absolutely positive. I want to
5: go in there. What are you growling at? Oh, my God! The Stephen King Marathon starts next Saturday morning at 10, only on AMC. This week, horror is... AMC's Crazy About Stephen King, two restless days, two sleepless nights, courtesy of the master of horror. AMC's Crazy About Stephen King starts Thursday on AMC.
0: So for this segment we're getting into we're going into the positive. and uh, forgetting about the negative. So we're going into to our top five Stephen King adaptations. I use the word adaptations loosely. Stephen King's name is somehow attached to this thing, right? Uh let's put it that way. Okay, so let's get into our top five best. Lucard, what's your number five?
2: I've gotta go with misery. It's it's an oldie but a goodie for sure. This I'm thinking it was what, early nineties this came out? I'm trying it to remember now. It
0: came out nineteen ninety, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely, in that respect, a film of its time, but I still think it holds up really well. For me, it was really rewatchable. You know, I hadn't seen it in a long, long time, and, uh, you know, I just, I think the the acting, the performances are great, the um, kind of the small town is believable, so everything just works for that film for me, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to watch it yet again you know, in the near future.
0: Yeah, I I, th- this is a great film. I don't actually agree with you w- w- about your statement about it's of its time. I think it's got a timeless quality. The, Do you? The, okay. The, 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 the sort of, there's nothing in there that screams early 90s to me in any kind of way. It could have been made in 78, 79, really. Uh, in fact, it's got a slightly 70s feel, a thriller feel about it. Uh, and I think it's helped by the performances. James Kahn's underdialed. Uh, paul sheldon is just terrific and uh kathy bates is is just wonderful yeah i um, think it's her
2: best performance honestly
0: yeah yeah she she's so good she is so good it was and it's a star making performance really isn't it in many certainly it brought her to everyone's attention um, absolutely so yeah it's rather rather wonderful
1: yeah, I agree. It's, to me, for me, it's one of the, uh, the great single location stories. This one is a nearly single location. Uh, it's up there with films like Wait Until Dark, except this is a Stephen King uh, version of the single location horror. And I agree with you, Mark. It's timeless. It's uh, just terrific. Wonderful performances, obviously. And the thing I love about it, being a James Conn fan at the time, it was a great comeback for that
0: actor. It was, yes, yes, and he, he did... Oh, some, I wasn't aware uh, of that. It was good to, yeah, well, he just kind of wasn't on anything. Uh, it was uh, That that was it, really, but this was, like, a, a great performance from Khan. I think it might yeah. be my favourite performance by him, actually. I mean, I like him in a lot of things, but there's just something about this. He you could, It's all in the eyes and the face. He's, there's some good face acting without it being overt face acting.
2: Yeah, I love the close-ups in this film yeah. that they use. I mean, it's... You know, it's something you almost don't really see too much nowadays. But it's it's almost like that kind of uh, Sergio Leone kind of close-ups in this movie. Mm, In a lot of respects, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, Okay, Anthony, what's your number five? My number
1: five is Christine. I love this fusion of Stephen King and John Carpenter. John Carpenter has made a lot of favorite films of mine. I love the story. I love the concept for the story. I love the soundtrack. How you've got the Carpenter synth soundtrack infusion with all these great 50s songs like Harlem Nocturne and uh, Little Bitty Pretty One and on and on. It's just a fantastic film for atmosphere and vibe, created, you know, as created by Carpenter and the, the soundtrack. It just creates a space. The other unique thing about it is, is that it's a period piece. Like two ways. You've got the late seventies, and it kind of uh, taps into the fifties because Christine was a as a fifty-seven Plymouth Fury, right? <laughs> fifty-seven or fifty-eight? Do I got the year right?
0: Uh, I think it's a fifty-seven, but it could be a fifty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> so, something uh, like that. Yeah,
1: wonder, wonderful, wonderful. Uh,
0: yeah, wonderful movie. I
1: think, I think it it stands up taller with age. And I love the cast. Keith Gordon, Alexander Paul, John Stockwell. You got great people in there. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. So yeah, just I could talk for a while about it. And we covered that in Kingology.
0: As we well. have we've covered a lot of the stuff we've <laughs> mentioned in Keology, but we can't keep talking about Keology, so i haven't jumped in there but we had a great discussion about christine if anyone wants to go dig that out uh yeah we did um yeah this film really does stand up uh the the, yeah, the special effects even stand up now we're a bit more knowledgeable these days so when we watch it you could probably see the the cracks in the special effects but man the, the special effects really work well in this you know the car rebuilding itself uh you know reforming itself probably with some fairly straightforward special effects techniques
2: oh man
1: yeah i tell you i would i would challenge anyone to go back this thing the the effects
0: hold up so well because they're practical
1: pra- and it's exactly
2: brilliant. yeah
0: yeah, uh, and it's a great film. Uh John, Car- John Carpenter's fingerprints aren't as obvious in this as some of the other stuff, are not they? But it's a really well-directed, tense and fun movie. Uh and none of it is like che- cheesy unless it's meant to be that way. It's, you know, there's no um uh, there's no you know, entertaining cuz it's bad kind of stuff in this. Whatsoever, it's it really holds up and yeah, Keith Gordon was really good as well yeah yeah um okay my number five is the shining the shining which we kind of talked about i don't really have much to say i think a lot has been said about this movie um and i have sometimes i feel like oh kubrick wasn't quite using the language of horror he was trying to do his own thing and it it feels a bit oh look what i can do but you know what You watch it now, and it like really stands up. It's dread dreadful in the sense that you're full of dread (laughs) when you watch it. Um, It's uh, and it's tense. Uh, The only downside to it is Jack Nicholson appears to be slightly, you know, unhinged before he even gets there, which really doesn't work in the story's favour. And I have to sort of make a note that there is another quite good horror film that kind of riffs on. The Shining, and and, uh, and uh, basically refers to it quite heavily. And it's kind of cool. And it's a film called Triangle uh, with Melissa Gilbert. Uh, it's got a lot of references to The Shining. It's set on a boat, but there's lots of references to The Shining. And I just really like The Shining. And there's also some wonderful documentaries about this film, too. Uh, oh, really? The only downside is what happened to Shelley Duvall in the filming of it kind of tarnishes it a bit, if you know
2: yeah. much about yeah. that. I agree. But
0: but uh, it's a great performance from and uh, uh, from Jack Nicholson. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, wonderful. My favorite,
1: yeah, my favorite
2: it's, Nicholson performance for sure.
1: Yeah. In a nutshell, it's the horror film raised to high art. Just beautiful in its design, the cinematography, the performances. Uh, you know, Kubrick, in my opinion, is an unnecessary perfectionist. So he kind of, you know, ground Shelley Duvall down uh, in in the process of. Of what he was trying to achieve mm. uh but
0: yeah great film great film yeah okay number fours so lucard what's your number
4: four
2: for my number four i'm gonna have to say the mist i love single location horror you know and i think this is one of the best in the genre. We're
0: talking about <laughs> the movie, right? We're talking about the movie, not Talking the about series. the movie.
2: I, yeah, yeah. I've not seen the TV series yet, but it is on my to-watch list near the top. So Okay. Uh, especially after rewatching the film. It feels like it could be a real event. I think we can all kind of put ourselves in that situation, especially with all the crazy weather and stuff we get nowadays. This fog rolls into town and the main character and his son end up in a, a gas station. Holding up with these people, and there's of course uh, issues that arrive that arise, I should say, um, between the the main character and some of the people, and then the the ultra kind of over religious woman, I think, is just so uh, impactful in this film as well, and uh, says a lot about kind of religion in the modern day sense.
0: Yeah, it's very allegorical, isn't it? And it's a cracking it story. It's a even if you take out allegory and everything. It's a cracking story anyway, as is the book. Um, uh, sorry, the sort of short story. Well, it's not, it's more a novella, I guess. <laughs> um, it's in a collection of short stories though. Um, it's a really cracking read and interesting. And in fact, I, I think the judici- judicious sort of editing of the story that they did to, for the film improved improved the story actually there's some elements in the written story that uh, are a bit king just threw that in and it doesn't feel right kind of you know which it sometimes happens with king doesn't it um yeah i really like this one apparently the black and white version is really good there is a black and white version
2: oh uh, really oh, to make oh, it feel like a 50s monster movie um, that's that's kind of awesome I, you know the only complaint i can say is some of the uh, cg like the you know, the scene with the tentacles. That looks yeah. a little little fake, but yeah. I mean, like I feel like the good outweighs the bad by far in this film. And yeah, and
0: Thomas Jane's pretty solid as well. As is the is it Marcia Gay Hardin as the religious lady, um, the
2: I, lady actress? I am totally blanking on the actress <laughs> actually. But yeah, she's great. Actually I thought all the actors did a, a great job. You know, even the like the little store manager kind of guy who you would sort of discount and yet he's the one who's like got the gun and is really good. Yeah, you know, Toby Jones, and, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah,
0: Toby yeah, Jones, yeah, he's yeah, really yeah, he's really it's good. Awesome. And we get William Sadler. there's some great sort of actors in this. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on Anthony?
1: I like The Mist. Um, it doesn't make my top five, but it's a very strong film. Always had trouble with the ending. Uh, yeah. I'm a little bit better with the ending. I just don't like unnecessarily violence uh, against children, and I think it's cathartically the wrong ending for that film, but um, that's just my opinion. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. I don't have a problem with the, the special effects. I like Tom Jane. I like that the sociological experiment of you know what happens to people uh trapped together in a survival situation it's all you know uh the classic king it's very good yeah it's it's rather wonderful okay so
0: anthony you're number
1: four my number four is the dead zone the dead zone was my first stephen king novel absolutely oh. love that book christopher walken uh you know, this is a David Cronenberg film starring Christopher Walken, stellar cast: Martin Sheen, Brooke Adams, Tom Skerritt. You got classic actors: Herbert Lom, who people know from the Pink Panther films, uh, Colleen Dewhurst. A uh, lot of great people in here, but the film is really wonderful. It's it's about a guy who has a psychic connection. He can see things that have happened or are going to happen. And it asks very interesting questions about the ethics of, if you could see uh, what was going to happen. Uh, and in this case, he bec- he's, he's going to attempt an, a political assassination. Um, you know, would that be something that's ethically correct to do? But, Wonderful book, and I don't know if I said it. Johnny Smith is, I think, the most sympathetic character that King has ever invented.
0: Yeah, he's up there. He's up there. I I I I like judd Crandall it's my absolute favorite, but Johnny Smith is a really interesting character. It's a great film. This, uh, and I have to say, I've got a recording of from I think the DVD of Christopher Walken doing a version of uh, Pose the Raven. That's just outstanding. Uh, because he quotes it in the film. Uh, he's a teacher in the film. Um yeah, this film gets I think this is one of those ones that's underrated and forgotten. I'm glad you included it on your list. Uh it would have been my number six if we'd have gone to top six. Um so yeah. it was cl- very close for me and I did think about it. And it was like it was I was juggling between the shining and the dead zone for my uh, so yeah it, it's good I think it suffers a little because Cronenberg's stuff is a bit cold feeling if that makes sense and also it's a story that it's not one it's almost like two stories about Johnny Smith isn't it uh, in many ways um, you know solving the murder and then the political stuff um, so it's, it's kind of uh, I think it suffers people sort of discount it a little because of that but it's a great film it really is
2: yeah, I've had this recommended to me actually several times, and it was one of the ones that I really had hoped to get to actually before we uh, we did this podcast. But due to you know time restraints, I didn't get to. But now I, I'm going to definitely make sure that I go and check this out.
0: Yeah, and it spawned a TV series, right? It was um uh, one of the one of those TV series was kind of riffing yeah. on the X Files, but probably the best of those i'd say yeah it's a good tv
1: series too good pilot, very very moving um i found it very emotional that tv pilot Uh, i have all the collected seasons and i've been planning to take a deep dive into it maybe cover it on my show uh so i recommend that anthony michael hall stars as johnny smith in that one
0: yeah, I watched The Pilot. I really enjoyed it and thought oh, I'm going to watch more of these. And uh, you know what? how life is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, I've yeah. definitely got to watch more of these and then it doesn't happen, right? Um, so, But I remember enjoying it greatly. Um, yeah, okay. So my num- number four is 1976's Carrie,
2: Brian Ooh, De Palmer's
0: version of King's very first novel. I have a little problem with Carrie in that it starts in a very lascivious way of young girls in a shower, and it's kind of filmed in a leering kind of way, and I really don't like that bit. But the rest of the film I think is really good. There's some really interesting stuff. And I always felt that Carrie lends itself to it's a generational thing i think it's a story that could can be retold with each generation there's something about it that's kind of a universal truth you know of being a a lonely outsider not part of the group and having to deal with that um i think there's really interesting elements in carrie and i really And, and
1: and it has been told with each generation you think about it right
0: yeah it has it has and i think i don't have a problem with remakes for stories that i think work uh have this kind of retellability uh maybe i might have problems with the the various versions but the principle i think is solid for Carrie. i think it really works you know it's that kind of story uh and i think sissy space is terrific in it um so i i really like this film i think it's a really good film apart from that first few minutes um i i have a bit of a problem with that i, d- I just didn't think it was necessary but uh Palmer, right he does that in some of his films um okay so number three th- number three lucard number three for you
2: all right so number three for me is is one that I know it's kind of divisive. A lot of people actually don't like it, but it really worked for me. This is one that I watched not too, too long ago, uh, and I came back to watch it again for this, and that is Thinner. Thinner. Right. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people said they had, uh, you know, just researching this, I read some reviews and, and such, and a lot of people complained about the, kind of like, the fat suit and, you know, they said it, it didn't look realistic, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just my eyes. But for me, I thought it looked pretty good. You know, I of course I enjoy the more practical effects, but um, I loved the story. I, I thought it was really interesting. You know, the whole curse and uh, the the gypsies, and uh, it was not what I expected going into it. And I think that's one thing that I really liked about it.
1: Thinner is a classic EC comic story, and this one had the benefit of Tom Holland directing. And you know, it could have been a, a segment for Creep show for for that matter, you know if, the, if it was a shortened version of it. yeah I, li- I liked it. I don't like it as much as you to put it in that uh, rarefied air of the top five. But uh, when Mark and I covered it, I was very pleasantly surprised uh, with it because it, it had been my first watch at the time.
0: Yeah, I liked it too. It was also my first watch. Um, yeah, the the thing about it is, he doesn't really get thinner. He goes from a fat suit to looking ill. Um, yeah, yeah he
2: looks, But, you
0: know, like how it, else yeah. are you going to do that? You, CGI, you'd have to. do If you did it now, you could CGI it, and it'd probably be reasonably good. However, they had to do it in some way, and I th- don't think that you from the story. You still got the vibe that this man was um breaking down in some way you know inside yeah. um so yeah it was kind of interesting i always wondered if it was like king's take on something like the shrinking man but no, no it's, it's a different vibe isn't it it's, it's 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 it you could see it as an allegory of illness though couldn't you or something like that um that's
2: kind of the way i read it
0: yeah i like it i like it the film too i would again i wouldn't put it in my top five but i, I do I, I have no issues with you but in yours that that seems fine to me yeah it's it's surprisingly good
2: yeah it's a lot of uh well It's a lot of fun, I thought, you know. uh, It's it's, fun as well. I always like
0: gypsies, (laughs) gypsy
2: stuff. I I do, too. And maybe some people find that a little cheesy, but, hey, I like a lot of cheesy films. Yeah, possibly,
0: these days, possibly offensive. But, you know, it kind of harks back to, like, the the Wolfman films and stuff. Exactly.
2: And that's kind of what I thought when I was watching it. Like, oh, the Wolfman, you know. And uh, just a lot of great lines in it. Really, again, I thought the acting was terrific. And, uh, you know... Um, I just want to stop at this
0: this point you know what we've had very, this just shows you the breadth of stephen king's work it we've had very little overlap have you noticed how many different films we've talked about good or bad yeah and, and we had very little crossover that just shows you the sheer quantity uh, and creativity of stephen king i just just felt like it was worth saying that at this point i, I um, agree
2: that's really rare for us when we you know yeah we often do
0: i mean we may get some uh, duplicates as we come into the you know, last few, because that's how the, you know, the best tend to emerge. But you never know. You never know. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Anthony, what's your number three? Number three is Creepshow, because <laughs> as
1: the <laughs> tagline says, it's the most fun you'll ever have being scared. This is a wonderful film. It's, uh, it's to me, it's a, a near perfect film. It's uh, It's uh, got the perfect, uh, in terms of the way it's put together, the perfect budget for what it is. Uh, all the perfect elements that combine to, uh, not chemistry, but alchemy. Uh, this is principally a, a collaboration. You've got Stephen King and George Romero, the the father, obviously, of the, the zombie film and many great horror films. Uh, and a third collaborator that I, I think we ought to give his uh, you know, due notice is Tom Savini. Tom Savini is the effects maestro that pulls it all off and we owe a lot to tom savini tom savini is the godfather where would where would the slasher era be without tom savini and just on and on the the the, all the work that he did he was a hero to me in childhood i was a a teenager whipping up foam latex in my mother's oven i had a very patient mother and uh you know a lot of it was uh trying to figure out his creep show effects back in the day so uh, uh the fourth collaborator are all the actors you've got uh fantastic people leslie nielsen hal holbrook ted danson ed harris uh, Fritz Weaver. You have uh, E.G. Marshall. E.G. Marshall, yeah. I was just Wonderful. Sincere. Just the, the stature of the cast is incredible. And the, the, it's just uh, the beating heart of this film for me is the crate segment uh, where you've got Adrian Barbeau in there. And it's, it's just utterly masterful, a wonderful monster, and a perfect EC Comics story. So Creepshow, number three for me. And look
0: for Little Joe Hill in there. Keep <laughs> um, uh, Show is also my number three. So, and hey. I kind of, I'm not going to disagree with anything Anthony said. I think it's a great film. Uh, that's why I was so surprised. I thought everyone kind of loved Creep Show, but not you, can not you. Uh, I'm <laughs>
2: not <man> out here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it just captures that comic book really well in a way some films just can't. They try and do a comic book vibe and it just doesn't work. This does it perfectly. I, I like, you know, even the. Where someone screams and they got a red light in their face, it just that is how EC Comics were. You know, they they colour the pain differently when something happened. Uh, and so it just worked for me really well. Um, yeah, like, it's a great film. As I say, I think this might be my absolute favourite um, horror anthology movie, and I like all the amicuses and stuff like that. So you know, this Creepshow just works really well um okay so that was my number three so number twos luca what's your number two
2: all right so for number two i am going to go with the 2018 version of it It. Uh, i really i liked the uh the 2018 version again i know this is kind of divisive but i also love the original it so i had to really think about which one i was going to put in here but right but uh, I'm going to go with the, the first chapter and, uh, you know, I'm anticipating the second chapter and hoping for really good things. But, yeah, we've
0: uh, only got a couple yeah. of months now, right, until yeah, next chapter two. And I am looking forward to it as well. I, re- I like this film as well um i think there's a a lot of good in it and i think they structured it very well to just yeah. have the one era it'd be interesting to see if once they've done the both if they recut it a different way to be more like the book Um uh, that'd be kind of interesting however i think this works wholly on its own merits myself anthony what, what's your thoughts on it
1: i like it i like this new version i place it below the miniseries though uh, which may surprise people. It's and it's not just nostalgia because uh, the miniseries came out at it where I was at an age where it wasn't really. It's not hitting my nostalgic years where uh, you know I'm thinking of my childhood or something. I just found the cast and the especially the child cast to be pretty magical and they they worked r- really really well for me. Uh, that said, I think Pennywise is a very inspired. Um, reimagining in the film, they do a lot right. Beautifully produced, and I'm looking forward to the 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 what is it? The part two coming out. I think are chapter, they us- two. Chapter, chapter two. Chapter two. Yeah. I don't know how many chapters we get, but this, this installment, <laughs> uh, I'll be watching it
0: yeah i have to say also uh the 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 reimagining of pennywise works really well for me too the sort of the fact is a friendly face but he's got these bestial elements for example he starts drooling at one point when he's talking to a little kid that's just so creepy yeah weird. it really is uh, an animal as well it, it it shows the the animal uh it, that's in there you know yes um okay so anthony you're number two My number two is Salem's Lot, 1979.
1: That's my number two
2: as well. (laughs) Hey, now we're getting the crossover. (laughs)
0: Yes, now we're getting the crossover.
1: This is a masterpiece of TV terror. It's so good, I haven't even covered it yet. It's one of these best things that I don't want to get to too quickly. Uh, This is one of the most frightening vampire stories ever put on film and uh, this is king creating kind of a parable post-vietnam of the american town american society and the vampire as not as a romantic figure but a monster a contagion and what it can do to a town as it spreads throughout it uh, it's a big ensemble cast both in the novel and a pretty big ensemble in the tv series but really wonderful and a wonderful uh feather in the cap of Toby Hooper who directed it. Uh so you see the influence of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in here, you can tell it's by this director. And uh the 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 atmosphere, the incredibly frightening iconic scenes, whether it's the uh the boys uh coming to the the, the window to be let in uh or jeffrey lewis sitting in the rocking chair uh trying to beckon to the teacher Uh, some of the most frightening horrifying vampire scenes ever on film and i think it holds up i don't think it's dated i don't think it's cheesy and i'll challenge you to an arm wrestle if you disagree with me on it
2: (laughs) yeah i I really agree with you
0: (laughs) yeah uh, again i sort of I think Anthony's kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think there's so many elements to this that are just really good. It's a super memorable series. I did go into, not to keep talking about Kingology, I did a show with Mike from Chinstroker vs. Punter about the book, the miniseries, the 2004 miniseries, and even the sequel movie, Return to Salem's Lot, which I like quite a bit. Um, uh, But, yeah, this is a great TV mini-series. Yeah. Super impactful. Everyone was talking... Well, I was at school when this was on, and everyone was talking about it uh, when it was on, you know, about, oh, man, do you remember this bit? Do you remember... You know, there's all that like, going on. The vampire was like, man, that that... There's that shock scene where the vampires steal and then does the hissing face. It's like oh, and stuff like that. Some, yeah, yeah, real
1: shock yeah. moments. Uh, but yeah, what a cast: David Soul and uh, at the time Lance Kerwin, big big star, uh, childhood star at the time. But I just wanted to mention you mentioned Return to Salem's Lot. That was by Larry Cohen, the late Larry great Cohen, yeah, King Cohen, who we just lost.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's a really interesting film because they recruit an old. Sort of, uh, like, um, an old Jewish groves, a Nazi hunter to help them kill the vampires. Uh, and it, there's some interesting lines from him, you know, he goes, vampire goes, um, in 500 years, everyone f- think Nazis were just mythical creatures, you know, and stuff like that. And it's like really interesting. Uh, and there's one point a vampire gets impaled on, um, an American flagpole. So you oh, know, there's awesome. a deep symbolism there somewhere. Uh, that's kind of you know, as a way of staking him through the heart. That that's kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway, I'll get sidelined into that. The, this TV series, you know, the imagery, amazing, amazing. You know, that this might be the engine, the thing that drove all of the King adaptations. This, so many people saw it and said, "Wow, we got to do something with it more by this guy." Uh, yeah and, you know because if you look at it loads of adaptations were like eighty two eighty three um and and the train kept rolling after that point, right um, so I think a lot of uh, the good and bad that came out of Stephen King adaptations were inspired probably directly by this. I know Carrie was successful, but I think this was the the zeitgeisty thing that really cemented king as as the guy to adapt.
2: You know? Yeah the the secret was out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh okay we come to number 1s. This is always exciting. Luke Card, what's your number 1?
2: All right, so my number 1 is one that we uh talked about a little bit earlier and that is the shining. Uh... Stanley Kubrick. I mean, oh man, I remember seeing this as a kid just the television version that was cut and it scared the heck out of me then. <laughs> and on the rewatch um this past year it still scares me and i've seen it many many times you mean so,
1: the television edit of the kubrick film right
2: oh no the the uh, nicholson film right right yeah <laughs> right have not seen the television film actually yeah right i just <laughs> in
1: other words you saw the tv edit of the nicholson kubrick film yeah
2: yes yeah yeah and uh what do you guys think i mean we talked a little bit about it earlier so i don't want to drag it out too much but uh but yeah, I would love to hear. Um, it's
0: okay, it's yeah. it's just masterfully directed. You know, is uh, every scene is tense, everything, um, which is a great horror film. And it's a sort of film once you watched it, um, it you kind of think about it for days afterwards, uh, which I always take as the sign of a great film, actually. Uh, as long as you're not thinking oh god that was terrible i think we owe a debt
1: to kubrick for showing that the horror film isn't just something that belongs in a ghetto of genre pulp garbage it's high art and brilliant and it it really was a, a shot of credibility to the genre absolutely that's a good point,
0: yeah. No, I, I, I've already kind of talked about this film. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful film um, in the sense that it's mesmerizing, isn't it? It's in that Kubrick way. Um, yeah. It's it just hard to stop watching once you start. It's one of those. So, Anthony, you're number one now. My
1: number one film is Carrie,
0: 1976.
1: Ah. Carrie was the lightning in the bottle that made King's career. It was the source of uh, that started the whole adaptation train running based on Stephen King, this young writer. This is the story that King hammered out on a typewriter in his trailer where the, one of the laundry machines was supposed to go, but he put a desk there. It's a story that got rescued from the circular file, a.k.a. the wastebasket by Tabitha. Uh, It was a story that was almost lost to the world, uh, but which made his career, let him quit uh, being a teacher and dedicate himself full time. The film itself is brilliant. It's stylish. It's De Palma, a a young De Palma doing uh, incredible work just uh, in a filmic way. And But it, it also unleashed Sissy Spacek, fantastic actress. If you know the story about how when she auditioned for the part, uh, look that up. Um, she just became uh, uh, kind of against odds and against the conception of what Carrie White was. She won the role, and she was absolutely fantastic. But what a cast. You've got, uh, you've got Travolta in there, Amy Irving. Uh, Nancy Allen, PJ Soul's uh, horror favourite uh, and on and on uh, wonderful book wonderful film that's been remade twice just a testament to its power, its multi-generational appeal yeah,
0: it's it's a great film the remakes aren't great, but uh, well, they don't, just don't compare to the De Palma one really, do they? Yeah. and of course it has that famous shock ending that's been offered, of the imitated, isn't it? yes um, uh, that's uh, <laughs> a real jump out the seat moment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Kig had a great start with these adaptations. Carrie being the first one, you know, and his first book. The second adaptation being his second book, Salem's Lot. Uh, and then The Shining was the third Thing that was adapted, so very solid set of sort of opening adaptations that opened the gates really from that point on. Carrie is a great film. I had Carrie as my number four, so we're getting a little crossover, and we've already talked about The Shining, haven't we? Um, so a little crossover, okay. That comes to my number one. My number one is the It, the TV miniseries. Nice. I only wanted to put one it on my list. Which is why the other one isn't on it, but I really like the movie. It has to be said, but the TV miniseries is way more impactful for me. Um, I just at the time I, when it came out, I really don't. There's something about Tim Curry. Um, it's there a bit in the performance, but he's got a lot of charisma, uh, and it just comes through. And some of the, some of the stuff he does isn't even in the book, but it's still wonderful. You know, like "Kiss Me, Fat Boy" and all that. <laughs> this kind of stuff. Um, it, it's just wonderful and, and and pennywise is just so creepy as well um it's not a flawless series either there are many many flaws in it um but however i think the good stuff outweighs the bad by far uh, and for me this is my favorite stephen king adaptation so yeah uh, it re- it, it, yeah out. so it
1: you know it stands up even more it casts a long shadow but uh, for folks who are connected to that era you think about it, we've lost a lot of talent. John Ritter was in this film. Uh, Harry Anderson was in this film. Um, Tim Curry is... I don't know if he's working anymore. He had a stroke. But no, uh, he was very poorly. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was brilliant in this film. Um, there's a lot going on with it. So I think the modern viewer might look at it and say, oh, you know, 1990 production values. But uh, there's a lot of charm in there. And again, that kid uh ensemble that that child ensemble was very powerful a lot of charm um mm. in, in those performances and, yeah. and and i gotta say annette
0: o'toole who uh, uh made your major crush for me through the years oh she's beautiful yeah she's absolutely beautiful and really um she's not quite exactly the same as beth the character uh but she's still that she she works really well in this tv series as their character yeah Uh, she's
2: outstanding yeah
0: uh yeah and the kids stuff is really terrific and the elements they took from the book are really well picked there were lots of elements uh some of which they definitely shouldn't have put on tv but some of them they they were good edits you know they they were good uh what they chose to put in worked really well and were creepy without being uh too excessive so I think it was it was just well put together. It was just well put together miniseries. Yes. Okay. So we've done our uh, top fives. Let's get on to honorable mentions. So, Lucard, what any honorable mentions?
2: Uh, I do have a few. Um, Salem's Lot is at the top of the list, uh, and also wanted to mention um, Silver Bullet, which is uh, a werewolf film. Uh, there's actually not much of the werewolf in the film, but I feel like the kind of build-up throughout the the television film is just really well done. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Um, It's not horror, but I have to mention um, The Green Mile. Great film, just outstanding. Um, Oh, I think it is horror. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I think there is a bit in there, but I didn't know if you would really classify it as horror, so I I decided to put it in Honorable Invention. Right. But um, also, as you guys said, uh, Carrie um and last but not least the shawshank redemption
0: oh yeah that would have been in my top five if we weren't restricting it to just horror for sure yeah yeah um uh just to go back on silver bullet yeah i really like silver bullet uh i'm trying to remember the name of the bat that the werewolf gets hold of uh there was a word on it wasn't there and i can't remember what it is uh, <laughs> was it,
1: uh, I don't know Louisville Slugger or
0: something. something I like think that. I don't know. There was a certain phrase on it that just made me laugh, like a you know, like um, bad boy or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. It's, but I can't remember what it was. But it just makes me laugh that the werewolf had the uh, werewolf to use a baseball bat against someone. That <clears> always <throat> made me laugh. Uh, yeah, I do like simple. But uh, Anthony, honorable mentions.
4: Okay,
1: I got a handful for you. Uh, Night flyer, terrific film. With uh, Miguel Ferrer, the dearly missed Miguel Ferrer, who we lost. This is a kind of an odd concept of this uh, vampire who flies a a little uh, plane and uh, lands somewhere and drains victims of their blood. And you've got this journalist, Miguel Ferrer, for like a National Enquirer type of paper, Uh, who has fallen from grace. He used to be a more credible journalist, but he's on the trail of the Night Flyer. Good film. Go look for it. 1997. Um, Another one, I try to pick some things that people may not have seen. Another one that's very recent, but I I don't know how much talk it's gotten, is Big Driver with Maria Bello. It's basically a rape-revenge film, and it's pretty good, interesting cast. You've got Olympia Dukakis in there, Joan Jett, is in there wow and uh you know if you like sort of like rape revenge you can file this maybe next to something like uh i spit on your grave or things like that Uh, but big driver 2014
0: Um, not even um, heard of that um that's interesting all right okay i'll mark that i'm gonna write that down
1: Another film that time has not been kind to, but I had a great time revisiting it, was Firestarter, the Drew Barrymore movie with uh, David Keith as her dad and George C. Scott as the baddie. Uh, You've got Martin Sheen from The Dead Zone in there again. Uh, Art Carney, the fantastic, brilliant Art Carney from The Honeymooners is in this. There's a lot to recommend it. I thought it held up really well and, and i i like some of the subplots of like the, uh, the government with experimental programs experimental drugs and what it did to people there's this a lot of basis in things that have happened but then king weaves it into this fanciful tale of a girl with pyrokinesis fire starter 1984
0: yeah uh, the book I, and just, the movie yeah i, I like the book a movie too uh, yeah I really like Julesy Scott in this and I see this as one of the main inspirations of Stranger Things actually what happens in the TV series Stranger Things I, I think there's a lot of Firestarter in there there's a lot of things like I don't know um, Stand By Me as well but Firestarter seems to be it, it, one of its direct you know Stranger Things direct parents almost you know, this, would agree um, yeah. so yeah th- there is that Um yeah Good choice. Any others, Anthony?
1: Yeah, I got one more for you. I had some others, but I think we spoke about them. But the last one I'll mention is Cujo 1983. This is a terrific film. It, it's got horror royalty. D. Wallace of The Howling and E.T. and so many great things. She stars in this film. And uh, it's about the rabid dog. We spoke about this story. Uh, this is a nice adaptation. It's, it was directed by uh, director Lewis Teague. It simplifies the novel, which has a lot of wonderful stuff in it, a lot of poignant things about... Uh, what it is f- f- for a boy to grow up. Uh, it doesn't really quite make it into the the movie, but I recommend the the novel for some of its subplots. Um, and it all culminates into a really frightening survival scenario with uh, just a knockout performance by this child actor, Danny Pintoro. And uh, thankfully, they make some changes to the ending in the film, but it's... Uh, absolutely terrific and uh yeah like we said before you know it's saint bernard uh this will make you believe a saint bernard can be very scary um in a situation like this so yeah revisit that Cujo,
0: 1983 terrific cool cool Uh, right i've got a few i'm gonna try and i'll just skip through the ones we've already mentioned just uh, i'll just name check them uh so dead zone christine uh shawshank redemption green mile and the mist uh on top of that i've also i don't think we mentioned stamp stand by me did we i, did, I can't remember if you mentioned stand by me uh i really like stand by me i think that's a really really good film also I'm film. A, a big fan of pet cemetery um the original i'm talking about uh the the remake i was not a big fan of uh and it if it actually improved quite significantly in the third act but uh if it hadn't of, it would have been in my probably top bottom three list oh wow uh but the final act is pretty good
2: um yeah i like the I... original
0: yeah i really like the original it's got its problems and it's cheesy but man judd oh, yeah. Cr- fred gwynn as for judd crandall is is one of the great kid characters in my opinion i um, agree and also i'm a big fan of pet cemetery 2 which is a goofy off the off its rocker kind of feel it's,
2: yeah it's nuts but i, I like it too Mark. Super,
0: super entertaining um uh, and the other one i wanted to mention which is not a king adaptation but is king universe is the castle rock tv series um, it's not a perfect tv series but it's interesting and i quite i quite enjoyed it and i'm gonna watch it again sometime soon i really like that tv series
2: i saw uh, the pilot of that and it looked you know the first episode i saw was really well done yeah it's I well done check out more of that
0: it's kind of a bit head scratching because it goes into uh, it, it kind of works back on itself and all sorts uh there's some interesting stuff in it and and uh there's some great actors in it really good the only problem i had was the central lead character actor stroke character didn't quite work for me there was something about it that felt a bit i don't quite understand this guy if he's a good guy bagger, what what's going on but uh, i kind of got over that and, and the re- the rest of the cast really worked it worked for me quite well um okay I'll tell you what, let's have a little break and we'll get on to feedback. Okay, so feedback. Uh, So Becky left a note for feedback. So uh, I'll just read through this and we'll comment as we go. Just stop me if you want to comment on any of it. Otherwise, I'll just keep reading. Okay? Sounds good. Okay, there's a fair bit of this. Okay. Right here we are at feedback now. Becky left a note uh, about a week ago, uh, sort of saying we were doing this and asking for feedback, and we got plenty. Right, so uh, the first bit we got, and I'm gonna sense a list for language. I think there's a little racy language in this, but we'll see how we <laughs> go. Um, so uh, the wor- from Burnt uh, Brydenbrook, I'm sorry if I I'm murdering that name. I'm really sorry. Anyway, here we go. Three worst. Wow. I guess it's Under the Dome TV series, which I've not seen, personally. Uh, Tommy Knockers and Graveyard Shift. Um, so, uh, that the Graveyard Shift was the one about the rats. I kind of like that film, by the way. Tommy Me Knockers. Too. Tommy Knockers. I watched this recently. That's a crazy one. We talked about this recently, didn't we? Anthony? We did, yeah. yeah. It's a crazy read, and it's a crazy series. The read is crazier than the series, actually.
1: The TV is more uh, cogent and coherent than the book.
0: Yeah, I had problems with the book the first time I read it, because there was a cell, there was basically a self-loathing, drunk section that just went on and on for pages and pages. It was just too much. Anyway, um, and sure, I forgot one real... um, uh, The Cell. Creepshow Show 2 and 3. Yeah, I I haven't seen 3, but 2 I had problems with. Um, And so on um and dan stout replied i didn't even know there was a cell adaptation uh and burned replied starring morgan freeman and john cusack uh screenplay by stephen king you should watch it to believe it uh now you talked about this anthony right <laughs> should we watch it to believe it
1: yeah, you know, I would recommend checking it out. It's not that bad. I think you're just going to find it kind of middling and ultimately forgettable, but uh Cusack and Jackson, you know, uh, it's it's not bad. I would I would watch it once.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh it goes on Burns goes on to say the the same actors made 1408, which is a good one. So I had to watch The Sale I and mean, then he's put a little smile, emoji. Um Rolf Pickler says the word is tough because sometimes I enjoy the really bad ones like Maximum Overdrive and Sleepwalkers, uh, and he's listed a few worst. Uh, worst seems to be people like talking about the worst more than the best. <laughs>
1: uh, see, um, I'm the opposite.
2: I want to talk about the best stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do have a fondness for Sleepwalkers and Graveyard Shift, which was mentioned.
0: Yeah, I like Graveyard Shift. Yeah. Um. Uh. What first one? Maybe the new Pet Cemetery was a bit tedious. Uh, number 2 Salem's Lot remake with Rob Lowe and Rutger Hauer um, I have very very few Sacred Cows and Toby Hooper's original is one of them so yeah this remake I did not like I didn't like it anyway uh, <laughs> Never mind about it Sorry, I just didn't think it was great uh, Carrie 2013 did not work in all kinds of ways primarily because Glowy Grace Moretz couldn't channel the tragic outcast nature of Carrie
2: yeah, I think that's the big problem. Yeah, with that is a big problem with that.
0: And because great as Julianne Moore is, Margaret White should be complex and sympathetic. She should be a one-note monster. Fair, fair, fair points. Yeah. Um, uh, Burnt replies. I never thought Sleepwalkers was bad. It was just funny. Uh, and Roll said, "Yeah, delightfully funny." <laughs> and then he quotes this line, which I don't know because I haven't seen it. It finishes you, my dear.
2: I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, okay, I need to maybe watch this just for that line. <laughs>
0: uh, and then we we get uh, a few more. Again, they're still talking about worst. Worst, really, oh, it's the worst trade. Um, Jane Lynn Lamb says, "Well, these things are subjective."s I love Maximum Overdrive, and she says I love Trucks, which is just as stupid. So she likes Trucks, whereas I didn't. Um, Honestly, I can take or leave The Shining because just something's made by a particular highly claimed director means very little to me uh, uh, the original Pet Cemetery is probably my favourite adaptation because when I think King skated right up to the baldness of tastelessness isn't it the film went OTT and and came came to stop it from being taken too seriously I think everyone agrees under the dome though what an utter waste of time <laughs> I
2: haven't seen <laughs> okay, it I might uh, avoid that one
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, really um. Um, I
2: haven't seen it either though so i, I you know i really can't say
0: uh yeah, John Sowder then replied to that trucks are read as a kind of parody of Night of the Living Dead uh, I like Maximum Overdrive as well I think there's some fun intentional camp moments my favourite scene is when the kid is on a bike surveying the damage done to his neighbourhood and there's a battery operated toy car that rams itself down a dog's throat a man killed by his own lawnmower etc. I don't remember any of that Whoa. I, need to, I need to watch Maximum Overdrive again uh,
2: yeah, then- I, re- I just remember it being like almost kind of like more insane mad max you
0: know yeah uh, and jane lynn lamb then replied and it's got acdc so yeah yeah um, there you go and john Sauder then uh replied that he played the heck out of uh, the album when he was younger so there was an album to this film yeah i bet that was a good album too um oh we get on to some favorites now whoa how about that john salder says my favorite king adaptation king movie is creep show so there you go lucard there you friv- go i've been outvoted three of us now
2: outvoted uh, up
0: but how much of this film is an adaptation which is a good point i've never read or even seen the original stories weeds or the crate and the other segments seem to be original to the screenplay he's quite right they're pretty much originals um uh, unless you count the comic but the comic came after anyway um and I, I, oh, I joined in here. I said, "Creepshow is the best horror anthology movie," is what I said. Um, and Jules Boyle then also replies, "Yes, the whole thing's an original screenplay." Um, um, and Burned uh, then says, "Stephen King wrote the story with Adrian Bobo and Halbrook and that thing. I think he means in mind. I'm not sure. Um, that." and he also mentioned i don't remember this the thing in the cray returned as an in an important scene in jason goes to hell i don't remember that and i've seen jason goes to hell. Hmm. um uh,
2: i i don't remember right off but i mean i have seen jason goes to hell but there again um the friday the 13th movies kind of get mixed in for me if i'm being yeah, perfectly honest yeah that's
0: true uh, and then John Sardis says, I have to confess, I'm not a fan of The Stand at all. Now, we didn't mention The Stand, good or bad, did we? So uh, I
2: really wanted to get to The Stand, but I've been doing these 40-hour weeks, you know. Just, yeah, uh, The Stand's time.
0: a long one. Isn't it six hours as well, not three? It's, I think it's six. It's um, It's got its ups and downs. There's some good stuff in it. Rob Lowe, for example, is really good in it. Um, and... Uh, the guy that plays moon tom uh, is it tom is it tom noonan he's really good uh, there's some good actors in it but he's got some goofy elements um uh, anyway john says i'm not much of a fan at all of the stand at all i can't say much about the movie adaptation there isn't one what's he talking about
2: there's no um, movie adaptation maybe he's maybe he's thinking of the the tv uh, uh, okay. movies
1: you know yeah the, the film adaptation i don't think it uh, stands up that well uh, it's a film I wanna like it has a it's, it has a great opening sequence with that um blue oyster cult Don't song fear the Rupert,
0: yeah, fear and, the the beepers, and
1: yeah. very stylish open and uh it's it's um it's just not that great It has a very unearned resolution with all you know like where we're uh looking at all the characters that survive this ordeal it, there's just um it doesn't quite work um and it's something I had wanted to like more Would it Really deserves is a very committed filmic approach, like they're
0: doing with it. That's what the, yeah. that book needs. Yeah, it does. Uh, and it does. John then goes on to say it does feature a very good performance by Shirley Smith. I agree. Shirley Smith is really good in this. Uh, and Jane Liam Land says, "Yes, I love Shirley Smith. The late eighties remake of The Blob is an underrated treasure." I agree with you, Jane.
2: Yeah, you have blo- mentioned that before, Mark. The, the
0: the the remake of The Blob is terrific. And yeah, Smith Smith's really good.
2: I really want to uh, get um,
0: to Um And I just wanted to say, she was in one episode of The X-Files, and she was really good in that too. So, uh, Shawnee, big fan of Shawnee Smith when I see her, which isn't very often. Uh, Dan Stout then went on to say, it might be worthwhile to mention Stephen King's dollar babies. Now, I'm kind of aware of these. He basically allows his rights to be sold for a dollar for kind of young, up-and-coming filmmakers or amateur filmmakers or student filmmakers. So there's lots of his little stories out there that are his so-called dollar babies. uh, And uh, Dan Stout sort of puts a link on if you go to com, there's a link to his dollar baby so you can read about that a bit more he says it's a pretty cool program and he said some of the dollar baby filmmakers went on to great success most notably frank darabont so frank darabont was one of these guys so frank darabont shawshank uh, and the green mile among and, other things and, uh, and, and the and, mist and,
1: and the blob remake uh yes oh. uh and not, not as, the, walking not as dead. the director but co-writer i think
0: yeah and he went on to uh, be the sort of showrunner for the walking and creator of the walking dead as well
1: and a, and a cool little tv film called buried alive it was his first feature i have an ah, episode wow. on it if you're interested
0: and then he says i know we've got some massively talented people in the unh audience so maybe this will spark someone to create a king adaptation of their own Wow, uh,
2: i think um, it's time for unh to get into film mm, <laughs> um to cl-
0: uh and lucas then lucas dickinson then says to clarify do you just want stephen king adaptations or any horror uh, i was confused by this because it was obvious i don't know anyway anyway um so bruce hannon then says it's a bit late uh it's a bit late where he is i think um so i used to collect stephen king movies in my collection i have loads on vhs my top horror king would be against the Popular opinion because I have do strange taste. Number one, silver bullet. So, what I'd say, yeah, it's good. Number two, dark half. Hmm, that's that's very highly <laughs> rated for the dark half. Uh, dark half's all right. Uh, number three, yeah, thinner. Good. So, uh, it, it's your that it was your number three, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Um, yep. number four, graveyard shift. Wow, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um uh, it's a it's entertaining yeah uh number five 1408 which actually i have to say is probably my biggest gap i haven't seen 1408 i've heard a lot I, I have not i've not seen um yeah i it know it
2: great,
0: pro- oh cool yeah um Get i know I know it probably seems odd to put Graveyard Shift ahead of The Shining, Carry It, etc., but I love the sweaty stank it brings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, it is a very sweaty film. It very, yeah. Very, this, there's, very it's sweaty. got its atmosphere. Um, and then Luca, sorry, Lucas Dickinson gives his worst. He says number three, Tommy Knockers. Number two, Maximum Overdrive. Number one, Cujo. Wow. Wow, 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 that is, that's a bit rough. I think. Um, uh, why Cujo? Because I love the book. The movie is one of the most boring experiences I ever 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 had watching a movie. In that case, yeah. Lucas, you haven't seen enough movies. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I don't alienate anyone else. So I mean, I um... am.
2: I'm with him that it it does have a lot of kind of stalling in that film. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't dislike Cujo. Don't get me wrong, but I, I would say, you know, it's it's for me anyway. It has some problems.
1: Man. I don't know, man. I think it clips along. It's it feels so, so like such an abbreviation that it it just mm-hmm. um, clips along its little points, you know, because it's got to condense everything. So oh, yeah, you have just,
2: to. We're we're we're
1: looking at it from different angles, uh, but um, so yeah, yeah. I don't joke, find it boring.
0: Yeah. I don't find it boring. So I always uh, one thing I will say about the book though is it always amazed me that King somehow um, wrote it from the vantage point of the dog and made it seem authentic which is like quite astounding actually but that's a book thing right so okay uh lucas then goes on to say his best number five needful things interesting choice uh number four carry 76 number three shining Uh, Number two, It from 2017. Number one, Misery. And he explains about Misery. This adaptation is absolutely brilliant and terrifying. Rob Reynald brought out the best out of Kathy Bates and James Carn. For me, this is the scariest and best adaptation of any King work. The character of Annie Wilkes was perfectly written and portrayed in all of psychotic, obsessive glory. And Kathy Bates looks a hell of a lot like my mum, which makes it even (laughs) scarier for me. Uh, one thing did, I didn't touch on with Misery is Rob Reiner is hitting out of the park in this period. If you go back and check his filmography, it's amazing, and every film's different. So there, that was a hell of a run for Rob Reiner. He's, he's amazing. Meathead, you know, Misery and Stand By Me,
1: um, you know, these are the ones where like, you kind of put them in the category with the Frank Darabont adaptations. They're just very special. They They show how King is a great writer. He transcends genre wonderful films
0: yeah uh just to sort of state some of his other ones uh, the time princess bride uh spinal tap you know when harry met sally this guy was really knocking out of the park um so you know that's quite an impressive filmography just that little bit right? yeah um, definitely. so yeah good points about misery there thank you very much lucas uh bruce hannon says nice top five i you can take your list onto my top five and it will be my top ten pretty much ha ha okay, so uh, they're sort of talking about that a bit let's uh, let's uh, let's just move on for hours. ah, oh, Facebook stopped scrolling for me now
2: oh, you gotta love the joy of facebook <laughs> um,
0: okay so burnt burnt <laughs> I'm not gonna say the surname here uh his best is number one the shining, and he says all three versions. Really
2: huh. interesting.
0: Wow, that's he loves the shining, obviously. Uh, number two, it's 2017. Number three, Dreamcatcher That's his best. How about that? As there a you go. That is controversial. Number yeah, that four, is. Yeah, Stephen actually. King's Thinner. Now, Thinner's coming up and out again and again here. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, um, number five to 1408. Uh, and the worst is for him is number one, Under the Dome, the TV series, number two, Tommy Knockers number three creep show two and three number four carry two and four there's a carry four huh. i only thought I there was a carry two
1: and that was it uh um, i think what the rage two or something
0: yeah that was number two though well uh, oh. you had
1: carry and then you had carry the, the, the rage
0: you had that's the, all uh, i know about
1: and then the, 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 but there was that tv miniseries Carries uh, oh, somewhere in there in the yeah. Okay,
0: and number five of the sale, uh, and Herman Lau. Hey, Herman, uh, then talks about his worst, the best. Number five, this is worst. Kujo, um, he finds it tedious. Number four, Karen remind, remind me to unfriend Herman. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Fighting talk. Um, uh, number four, Carrie, the 2013 one. Why even attempt to improve on perfection, unless you want to change gold into turds? Oh dear. <laughs> uh, number three, the dark half yawn. No, I liked it. I thought it was all right. Uh, number two, graveyard shift. I never even finished watching it. It's a stain on the record of human creativity and should be deleted using the word processor of the gods. Oh,
2: uh, um, Herbert, uh, uh, you're uh, a king uh, I, guy. Yeah, you can uh, tell.
0: Brad, those Brad
2: Dorff <laughs> speeches are quite creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't dislike it that much now
0: <laughs> yeah but Herman's reference to word Process of the gods it, that's a deep king duck cut that is uh, um, <laughs> number one the dark tower woods fail me now didn't I say earlier in this episode that I think Herman thought it was alright too no I'll take that back obviously <laughs> he didn't. Uh, I've misremembered that so the best um, I'm not going to be cliche here and say Carrie misery in the shining going to go with my personal faves Okay, number five carry misery in the shining
2: <laughs> it's hard to go wrong there you know
0: yeah okay number four 1408 i felt the madness seeping from Cusack, and the movie left me dizzy and reeling okay number all oh, well, what we didn't talk about gerald's game oh, I, yeah, did like I did like this uh, i did like this was a solid adaptation i did a show on it with Talisha. Uh, and we both kind of uh, had a, quite a deep discussion. On it. Um, anyway, he says, A close-up of human suffering for even more disturbing flashback sequences as an unexpected bonus. Number two, 1922. Yeah, wow. Didn't think of this because I didn't think it was horror, but thinking about it, it kind of is. It's crime, you know, people being horrible to each other. So he says, Thomas Jane murder, rats gnawing dead bodies, cows dropping down wells, more murder, more rats. What's not Whoa. to love? Fair enough. Um, And also, he's number one. This one's going to turn some heads and make people scream. What the F? Herman's lost it, but he's cheating again. But I don't care. My absolute favourite is The Running Man. Wow. I submit that there is horror because a guy gets his nuts chainsawed. And just listen to this dialogue. You cold-blooded bastard. I'll live to see you eat that, that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine.
1: God. Did
0: King ever write macho dialogue like that? I think not.
1: Um, I, uh, um, you know, I just refriended Herman because I love the running man.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, that's weird. I thought someone asked us a uh. question, and it might have been somewhere else, but I thought someone said, which... I'm sure I saw this question, and maybe I missed it by mistake, because there's a lot of stuff in this comment. Someone asked, what Stephen King movie uh, story that hasn't been adapted would you most like to see adapted? Now, I don't want to put anyone on the spot here, so what I'll do is I'll talk about the one I think I'd like to see, and if you guys have got one, I'll ask you then so it give you a bit of time to think about it right uh because that's come out coming cold uh, i'd really like to see someone attempting a version of the long walk uh, and i understand there's one in production or being in planning stages at the minute and i always thought it'd have to be someone who's very very good at making movies because a lot of that story is in people's heads and it's kind of they're trying to psych each other out but, and there's discussions being had but it's all set on this long plodding walk where people die if they stop walking so there's this inherent against the clock drama but it could be boring in the wrong hands or it could seem goofy in the wrong hands but i really would like to see that one uh lucard have you got any st- I, i'm not sure if you're king you know king nuts like uh, i am
2: <laughs> i don't uh, think i'm quite as uh king nuts as you guys you know typically uh my strategy is if i like a film i will go and check out the book okay. uh, which is kind of a backward strategy i think but uh because obviously you know as you can see from our discussion here it doesn't always work that way but um but yeah i i can't really think of any offhand
0: uh how about you anthony
2: Jerusalem's
1: Lot, the first story in the night shift collection. This is Stephen King out Lovecrafting Lovecraft. Wonderful period story. It would make a great film. Oh,
0: that would be fascinating. I agree. I mean it makes these monsters in Salem's Lot, you know, the book Salem's Lot and the uh, you know, like ants compared to what the hell's going on in really in that area. Um and I think it's a brilliant way of putting it Out Lovecraft in Lovecraft it's almost like I feel like with this story if someone says I want to try Lovecraft what do you suggest and say go read Jerusalem's Lot first (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like that's not quite true you know but there is some really good Lovecraft stuff uh, by Lovecraft but I mean this is king doing a great version and much more readable in many ways version of lovecraft uh, but doing it really well it's kind of very talented that way yeah good lovecraft choice is,
2: uh, lovecraft is like going down the rabbit hole further and further you know uh Sometimes yeah you're indeed. like where in the world is this going
0: indeed um yeah so uh, i i yeah um i think that's a great choice anthony that's uh, a really good one it's basically cosmic horror kind of isn't it or you know underground big elder god monster kind of stuff that's what's going on in that one Uh, and it's all kind of creeping and approaching it in a uh, slowly but with a sense of dread so there's a lot going on there okay that i think winds up our feedback section let's have another little break before i say goodbyes
5: This September, celebrate Stephen King's birthday with a look back at where it all began.
4: Here's Johnny. Come play with
5: us, Stephen. He's got a gift for suspense. And he's so talented, it's scary.
4: Hey, boys, let's take a picture.
1: Come. Stand by me!
5: It might not be your typical party, but then again, he's not that typical. Encore's got your invitation to the inspiration for some of the most hair-raising tales ever imagined. Because wishes can come true. Join the party all month long with 20 chilling Stephen King films and a marathon of suspense on his birthday. The Stephen King Collection, every night in September at 8, on Encore. Happy birthday, Stephen.
0: okay so that winds up this list of money. As, I, as i said at the top of the show we miss becky uh and uh we look forward to her return but man it's been great to have you on anthony really enjoyed you uh you know you're king and it was kind of uh it was kind of really added to the discussion i hope yeah, you've enjoyed absolutely. it <laughs> oh this was a
1: lot of fun so fun to work with other people
0: yeah i mean it must get a bit lonely sometimes right uh when you're doing a solo one uh it's sometimes it's 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 nice sometimes to sort of play right it's nice yeah oh yeah um uh, and again could you just tell everyone uh where they can find the tv terror stuff
1: yes so tv terror it's the show devoted to horror and thriller programming from the movie of the week golden age and beyond if that sounds like your cup of tea Uh, Hit us up at iTunes,
0: or you can go to the web uh, at tvterrorshow.com nice that's excellent and also yeah. if you like your stephen king uh, and you listen to unh but you've not tried kingology try kingology uh we start at the beginning carrie is the first episode and so on and so forth anthony uh, where did you did you jump in at the running man or something like that i'm trying to remember You I, jumped in you, about you
1: yes you uh i got my kingology doctorate and uh, white
0: lab coat and everything with the running man when you invite on man so yeah and, and you 've been on qu- most of the shows since then right
1: i 've been, so. been, been on a lot the ones that i 'm qualified to be on some i haven 't really read the book, and i ask be a better choice. Uh, so it's been great to have you know, get Herman and Talisha and uh, Becky on for some of those as well. But we've done a lot together. We've
0: done, a, have lot. done a lot. I think you've been in the majority since that since the running man, you've been on the majority, you know, more than 50 percent of all the episodes since that point. That's that's kind of what yeah,
1: you out. know, just, just a quick uh, self-serving plug. I did cover Carrie, the TV movie on episode 86 of my show. So if you want to, you know, if, if it's there's an impetus to check it out uh, with the king angle. Uh, I've got a carry treatment. I might have covered something else, but he comes up a lot on my show.
0: Yeah, that was that was a really solid show. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, I I mean, all the stuff you do, I really dig. You've opened my eyes to loads of stuff I had even considered. I thought I knew a bit about TV movie horror uh you know but all i really knew was cold checker trilogy of terror and stuff but man you've talked about way more way more
2: yeah um, i have to agree so, so many great suggestions
0: okay i think it's time to wind up this show so thank you for coming on today. it's been a real pleasure
2: oh pleasure's all
0: mine thanks guys uh, and lucas again thanks for coming on it's been fun talking to you too
2: thanks to you both it's been a blast
0: until next time on the united nations of
2: horror
5: of saying I wrote carry I carry the American Express card without it isn't life a little scary to apply for the card look for an application and take one the American Express card don't leave a home without it